all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. While she drops another casual line. You're tuned into Casually Molly with Molly and Boogie. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast, everybody. My name is Molly Ambergie. As you already know, if you're a uh, longtime listener, but if you're brand new, hello. We are based out of St. Louis, Missouri. And I just love to interview comedians, actors, artists, entertainers, you name it. And uh, I'm very happy to have our guest today, Vanessa Rudloff. Just give her a round of applause if you're at home (laughs) or wherever you're listening. If you're listening, your ears, your car. Uh, I'm very happy to have her back today. And when I say back, Vanessa is a... uh, um, you're a lifer when it comes to Casually Molly. Yeah, I was there in the beginning. You were in the beginning. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that when you uh, were first on the podcast? <laughs> well, it used to be in a basement. Um, electricity was iffy. Sometimes it was in, sometimes it was out. Um, you only had one working arm. So we've really, really evolved is what I, I feel. This yes. is very professional. I'm now being videotaped, which is, you know, not something I do every day. Yes. So. Oh, you, you just don't walk around with paparazzi? No, the whole like pandemic Zoom thing, seeing yourself all the time was very terrible for my ego. Yeah. My <laughs> ego was like this big and then all of a sudden I'm on Zoom and so it's a good thing, you know. Hey, cheers. Alcohol. There cheers. we go. Yes, thank you to uh, Chris Denman who runs Midcoast Media. One of the co-founders made us a nice drink. Very excited about that as well. <laughs> Um, But Vanessa, I'm really happy you're joining me. I remember when we were first recording, and I say I remember because I listened to the recording today. Um, (laughs) Vanessa and I have a background, long story short, we used to live in the artist lofts of uh, Midtown area, the Metropolitan Artist Lofts across Mm -hmm. from the beautiful Fox Theater. Uh, For those of you who are unfamiliar with the area, it is the artistic district of St. Louis. And uh, we became newfound friends. But yes, during that interview, I was very drugged up because I had a broken arm, but she was wonderful. So I was rambling a lot. So here I am rambling again, Uh, but I'm happy to have you back because you have, I'm surprised again, you don't have paparazzi running after you because you are one of the main faces of Grand Center now, which is very, very cool to see. How do you feel about that? (laughs) Again, the paparazzi thing freaks me out, but this has been, uh, I have been videotaped more in the last two years than like my whole life. So that's really interesting. You make a joke about it, but I was actually videotaped for Grand Center Arts District promo. Yes. And it was, I was blonde. Uh, it was COVID, so it was COVID cuddly, and I, and they were like, can we put you uh, in front of a videotape and walk you around? And I was like, oh, absolutely, okay, sure. <laughs> like, worst, my worst nightmare, yes, absolutely, let's do it, let's do it. So um, what's interesting is now I have a red hair, and I really hope that no one recognizes me. I have completely moved into my alter ego, so. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I kind of love it. Now, well, I go, you know me, I've gone through multiple hairstyles too. Uh, so I totally understand that. When I first started filming this podcast, I had bright red hair, and then I got a different job that said change your hair colors. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, definitely a different transition, but I am excited about it. Uh, speaking of that video though, I oh, yeah. was really excited for you because to give a background for those of you who are watching or listening either here in St. Louis or outside, we've got people who listen around the country. What's very exciting about you 
when I met you, you were a photographer, I mean, you still are, um, working here in St. Louis, and then you got a arts curator job at the On God Arts Hotel, which is just located right here in Grand Center, very cool, and you recently just curated a gallery show there that I got to attend. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure thing, sure thing. I always like a good shameless plug about On God Arts Hotel. Mm -hmm. um, so the On God is the first arts hotel in St. Louis. Um, we're very proud that we only show local artists. So when we rotate the artwork, we rotate the first floor and then the entire public space um, with artists, different exhibits that we're rotating out. So my favorite thing to do is A, talk a lot and hang out with friends, but the art exhibits really provide a moment for you to bring the whole city in and celebrate what the artists and the community are doing. And I like to throw a good party. So when you came over with special friend <laughs> and your special friend's like, I know art now. And I'm like, uh, all right. All right. <laughs> Impressed you, right? Oh yeah. Like I didn't even know that was happening. Right. Um, it's exciting to actually bring that art to people that don't usually see it for one. Mm -hmm. But um, my position is really exciting. I'm the arts relations manager, so it's not just the curation, but we do the arts programming. We talk to other artists as well. So it's one thing that Molly and I have in common, which we do love to share. And the thing about the um, curation is that when you are taking in a bunch of art and you want to share it with people, you're, you're wanting to provide a certain experience. And I have to say that after COVID, one of the things I wanted to provide was a little bit of comedy, a little bit of color, a little bit of travel. And the work that's there right now is very exciting because it's got a little LA vibe. There's some bald eagles with goldfish flying through the sky. We have laughing dogs. We have this awesome piece by an artist named Jessica Hunt who has three different flocked figures, flocked being like the texture of them. And they're individuals laying in bed and it's things that you say to people when you're laying in bed. And one of them is like this couple, yeah. And and the couple is like, the one is like moved away and the other one's like looking over and it's just like this thought bubble or the speaking bu bubble. And it says, you're really not gonna say anything? Question mark. And that's the answer, yeah. Anyway, so I'm very excited about the work that's up right now. It's very fun. Yes, well, it was a great show. I was, I felt like what I loved about it of how organized it was, but still had a very artistic flow to it. Like I didn't feel rushed. I felt like I could sit and actually study the work, see the different people. And it was, what I loved was there was a variety of culture behind it. Um, there was one picture or one painting that really struck me. And I say picture because I had never seen something like this. I went up to, I think I sent you the photo. I yeah. went up to this canvas and I thought it was a photo at first. I was like, oh, this is photography, like that's art. And then I realized it was a painting and I was just so impressed. I didn't even know something like that was possible until I went to an art show such as this. Um, so that's why I wanted to ask you, I forget the name of the artist, but I did want to ask you, how do you decide when you're making a show like that happen? I mean, you do this like at different museums and things like that. And it was so cool to have something that was free and also right in our artistic arena of St. Louis. How do you pull something like this together? Well, we do have a unique opportunity. Um, most arts hotels are the ones that are most commonly known or international artists. So you have a, a large pool to pull to pull from. Mm -hmm. However, we only showcase artists within 200 miles. So then when you put out a call for art, 
it's really about the intricacies of the community around you. Like, how do we showcase as much as we can of what the city is doing? So this particular show, the call went out, the artist submitted, and I was curating based on how the submissions fit together. So it doesn't have a theme. You just, you just find certain pieces that stand out, and I curate around them. Um, the piece that you are talking about is Mark Schatz. Yes. And, mm -hmm. Yes. And an amazing um, painter. He's a professor here in town. He has a long um, CV. But that particular piece is of like an LA style diner. Yes. I actually don't know where the diner is from. It says the Meadows, in case anybody knows where the Meadows is. Yeah. I would really like to know, actually. <laughs> I should have asked Mark anyway. Yeah. But um, the diner itself is has these awesome benches outside, and the entire windowed area is reflecting everything that's on the outside outside of the viewer's realm but he paints all the intricacies of all of that in there so you see like the cars reflected in and the side posts and like all this stuff and um that photorealism is really what drew me to his work because when he submitted that i looked at the other pieces he has some like in a pool like in a pool um, space with all everything's reflected in the water and he details all the intricacies of all the things you really see the photorealism mm -hmm. so that particular piece very exciting fit kind of in that fun you know LA vibe thing that we were going for but um, what's interesting is it's not exactly something I was going for but it's what was presented and just like laid itself out I think everybody wanted a little bit more color yeah you know little fun little color little travel Yes. Right now. Yes, right now, especially. <laughs> right now. Well, that's what's great about the On God is that, and I, I bring up the On God because there really isn't a hotel. And I've been, you know, over the country, I've been very fortunate. I told you we were just talking about places we traveled earlier. And I was like, you've been to Amsterdam. And there, there's something about this hotel that's so cool, though, because each room is a different color. Like you've got red, you've got green, you've got blue, you've got yellow. And I don't mean to harp on that, but I do think that it's really set a good service to the community to have something like that there. So how do you kind of feel being not only at the On God, but you are definitely somebody who is a staple to Grand Center with your work. How do you feel, you know, normally we talk about like LA, New York or anything like that, but we're here based in St. Louis. How do you feel about being a part of the artistic district here and having people so involved in something like that, like an art show? Well, I am truly honored to be part of the growth here in St. Louis. I do feel like there is a renaissance happening and I've been in many other cities and seen many other things happening. And I come back to St. Louis and I'm like, you know, we have all the resources and all the potential of this and all the talent. Um, but, you know, sometimes it just takes time to cook, you know, like bring it all together. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you would say, you know, you're, you're really, you're working on that ego I was talking about earlier that's totally flown the coop since COVID, <laughs> but I'm glad we're like working it out. The red hair's helping. Hey, hey, yeah, there hey, we go. hey. <laughs> um, but somebody just recently called me a cultural icon and I was like, well, that is oh, heavy. That's yes. very heavy, but I, I would accept that and I'll put that in my pocket because I have talked about um, if, you know, people send you a message or something and, and it's just something that just like bolsters you up that you need to print it out and keep it somewhere so that you can reference it. Anyway, so I happened to write that one down. But to your question, um, I do feel very fortunate to be in the position that I am in because the Grand Center Arts District is a small but vibrant community and I feel lucky to be one of its cultural cheerleaders. You know, one of the people that's really trying to champion it through 
um, to grow because I do believe that any city needs certain hubs where people can be re-inspired and re-energized. You know, like you can't do that all the time. You have to have a place to like recharge for that creative spirit. And the On God is such a place because it accepts all people, you know, emerging artists, established artists, the creative within everyone. We even have a chalkboard in between the bathrooms where anyone can come and just create some art and be like, this is my art that I made today. Mm -hmm. And I had a martini, it was fantastic. But um, the Angad has that charm too, because it's not too hoity, it's not, but it's also not like a coffee shop feeling. It has a certain bit of luxury. It has a little bit of that yes. LA, has a little bit of, um, elsewhere. Actually, On God is named in memoriam from On God Paul, who was from London. And On God had in himself a very large, beautiful personality, very creative. And you can just tell from everyone that speaks about him that he was just a big, fun-loving kind of guy with a lot of creative spirit. And we have quotes at the hotel that we use as a mantra and as an eth ethos to, um, you know, propel us forward in our programming and propel us forward in what we're doing. Our, our mantra being, what is art but seeing the world in a different way? And that's all on God's words. Mm -hmm. So um, unfortunately, on God passed away in 2015 and the project did take a slight stop. But then his father came in and was like, I really want to see this succeed and helped, you know, finish the project. So we just opened in November of 2018. And then we went through COVID and we're still here. So yay! Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, no, it's really cool to have a friend like you who is very ambitious and connects with work and people such as that. And what I loved attending too, I, we had this more, I think, pre-COVID, but you did the Coffee with Creative series. Yeah. So I love that you were like, here's a creative that, um, you know, you could meet firsthand and talk why don't you talk a little bit about that and how you made that happen yeah so in the programming for the hotel when it first opened there was at first a weekly and then it was bi-weekly we would have an artist that would come in and talk to the community about what they do or what inspires them actually all the coffee creatives were very different it was really based on the creative that was coming in we once had more of like a, almost more of a marketing firm kind of um, artistic approach where I walked in and we had a worksheet, like we had to fill out a worksheet about, you know, our inspiration and what we want to do with our creative process. And at the end, we kind of all reviewed, um, but we had had musicians in there, um, painters, dancers, all kinds of different people. I think that, that all that programming is very important. I do also believe that the in-person is one of the most important things. And one of the things that we noticed how important it was through COVID, because during COVID, that disconnect from the in-person. I mean, even just now, knowing that we're like sitting here together and yeah. chatting about this um, and not being, you know, through a screen and staring at each other. Cause sure. although when we started here, I was like, okay, where do I look? I don't hey. know, is this, is this, is this? Can I talk to you? Do I talk to myself? Do I look at my drink? I'm like, literally drink look is wherever gone. you want. So yeah, <laughs> it's like, what do I look like? Talk into the mic, do whatever right. you want. Cheers, thank you, Chris. Cheers. <laughs> Chris has got us going. The red hair is really, it's hiding the red cheeks, but it's delicious. I love it. It is pretty good. So um, definitely, speaking between screens is Sorry. that's like, okay 
Oh, I got water over my face. It's fine. Very distracting. All right. Well, I wasn't looking at you at that time. Now I don't even know what I was looking at. So where are we looking? Hey, Ed. We're looking at tech. As as we're talking through screens, and I'm like, hey, Zoom, (laughs) what's up, Molly? I can't see you right now. But um, the one thing about speaking through the screen is, first of all, I mean, who isn't looking at themselves the whole time? I mean, when I'm in a Zoom call and there's like 20 other people, I'm like watching myself move my hands and I'm watching myself like fidget and I'm like, yeah, like this, this, you know, but um, that this in in person energy that you get is very important and it's incredibly important to the creative process. Mm -hmm. I do believe that you derive a certain energy from people. So pre-COVID when we would have a huge art opening, we'd have upward of three and four hundred people come through a night and I would have the artists all meet and I would want to gather them in the same room and say, please look around. I would like you all to introduce yourselves, to say where your pieces are, because even if you're incredibly active in the arts community, you may not, I mean, you don't know. Nobody knows everyone that's doing something. Right. And and it's amazing is that you think about like this, this thoroughfare of the the up and coming names or the names everyone knows on their tongue. But there's a little bit of like, um, you know, the older generation, the younger generation, these people that moved in and move out. And I love the mingling of that all. So like you, right now, the exhibit we have up right now, the biannual will be up through October, 35 new artists. Of the 35 artists, we have a 17 year old and a 92 year old. Right. So the range is just amazing. And then, you know, contemporary to plein air, to photography, to sculpture, to, you know, all the different styles. So that's what's amazing is that an arts community isn't just the graduates that are doing amazing things or the, you know, totally established artists that have moved on but come back and champion their city, you know, like it's all of them. Mm-hmm. So in showing only local artists, you get to showcase all of that, which is pretty exciting yeah. for me, especially when I put them in a room together and awkwardly make them talk to each other. <laughs> They're all like, uh, yeah, mm, my name's Vanessa Rudloff. I, I made the cardboard box. It's in the corner. Okay. <laughs> you don't give yourself enough credit, though. You really do a lot. Like, you, when you were on Prior, again, we were in what we referred to as the murder basement of the Metropolitan murder Artist basement. Loft. Yeah. Murder basement. Murder basement. Uh, basically, it was, we talked about this on our previous episode with J.C. Sabalam, who's a comedian here in St. Louis, but we were saying that he's like, yeah, you go down and there's like a garage. He's like, it was basically a closet. Yeah. Like, it was, and I mean, now we're in studio, but... Uh, what I've loved listening back to that episode and then having you here is, you know, we talked about your photography background and I'll keep it short just because I want to get into what you do now. But, you know, you went over to Seattle, you started in journalism and you were like, I got to do photography. This is what I want to do. Uh, and you do really great. You really do great work. And I maybe I'm biased because you also did my photos for my play, <laughs> Lady Warrior, that was in the St. Louis Fringe Festival. Uh, but that's what I wanted to say. You, I know you said you did a lot of commercial work and portraitures and whatnot but what are we doing in our photography realm now even with covid going on (laughs) well actually a little bit more because of covid okay because you can have a little bit more one-on-one and be outdoors and have been six feet away and still Mm -hmm. take pictures so i i did um begin to entertain that part of myself again um when you take on a whole project that like you know starting a curation process for an arts hotel, I was a little involved. 
Um, but I have started to nurture that side of me just a little bit more and, and getting back to it and also incorporating it into the hotel. We, you know, for, for photographs, for social media and stuff like that. Um, but uh, the great reveal, which is now more public knowledge than it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, but um, that um, I'm going to be entertaining myself a whole lot more with photography moving forward because I'm going to be going somewhere very exotic. Yes. And uh, in that exoticness, everyone that goes there is on vacation and also probably dropping a lot of bones. Um, but um, I, I plan to just, you know, put myself out there as a Instagram influencer, photographer, doing this and that. But really, I'm going to tell you guys, it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful, beautiful island. And I want to just get a motorcycle and put my camera on my back and just be like, I'm here. I'm here. Can I say whore? Yeah. Say, okay. I'm whoring myself out. <laughs> I'm whoring myself out here in 2022. I'm just going to go um, do whatever I need to do to take some photos and live on a beautiful island. And I'm just going to be like, you you want to you want to take pictures on a yacht for the next two hours? Yeah, I'll follow you around. I'll follow you around. Where are you? Yes. Tell me where you are. <laughs> I'm on my motorcycle. I'm ready to go. <laughs> that sounds like so, the Vanessa Motorcycle Diaries, like something around the lines. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. No, I do think it's like uh, it's a side of me that hasn't been entertained in a long time. I've been building a lot of things for other people. Even before this, I was just building for other people. And I'm like, I am ready to just build it for myself. Yes. So I got to take this little hiatus on an island with other um, islanders. Not me, but I, I plan to be on a yacht at least once. So <laughs> my goodness. And I got to get my, you know, swimsuit body together. Oh, my Thanks, God. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> We were just talking about that earlier. I just was like, I don't, I don't even know if I could be in a swimsuit body right now. <laughs> That's okay. With the motivation of a huge beach. Yeah. I maybe. mean, <laughs> you never know. Yeah, you could do a lot. <laughs> I love that pictures. though. I, well, I think that's great. You know, with COVID, I think it put, and I know this is going to sound really cliche, but I think it put a lot of things in perspective. We talked about this even off the mic about, you know, what we kind of want to do moving forward, where we want to travel to, what we want to do. Uh, you brought up an interesting point though about artistry, how sometimes we curate and make things for other people. And sometimes we neglect per se, uh, and you can correct me if I'm not phrasing this right, but we neglect kind of the art that we like and like we want mm. to pursue and do. And I don't think that's necessarily um, something that, you know, isn't like not, I was about to say intensive, but like intentional, there's the word, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. You're you welcome. Know, you're, you, you found know. it yourself. <laughs> like, I just have to talk it out with people. And Vanessa, you're like one of those people where I can be like, hold on, I'm trying to figure it out. And she's like, the power is here. <laughs> so I love that though. That's why we're friends. I love that about you. Um, so do you feel like COVID, I know, we, I know we did talk about it a little bit, but just to share with our listeners, do you feel like COVID was a jumpstart to you moving to your next step? And photography and getting this motorcycle and doing all of this and where do you think that the future of the arts is going now that COVID is kind of you know I'm not saying everything's under wraps necessarily but things are opening up there's more galleries that are happening things are kind of changing where do you kind of stand on that as well moving forward into the arts for yourself and maybe just your perspective on where the future of that might be so that's a pretty involved question because it's it has, very it has a, a lot of tentacles <laughs> yes. um, there's me 
there's the arts. There's more of the arts and me together. I know. I just um, consider you all one. That's though. okay. We. I am. I'm just myself. A masterpiece. Thank you. <laughs> I, the, the ego. It's being stroked so much, and then Chris gave me this drink. You're welcome. And mine's gone. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, we'll start on the spectrum. I'm a Libra, so we'll start with me, <laughs> and then uh, and then we'll move on to the rest of the world because you know me. But anyway. Um, I do, I do believe, and I do think this happened a lot in COVID. I actually have to say that I am so excited to see all the artwork that has come out of this last year. Yes. I just can't wait for every gallery show ever because, so even during COVID, I, I started hashtagging certain art that was being posted, um, hashtag COVID curated. Mm -hmm. But I just, I truly believe that the most amazing shows are gonna come out of this moment where everyone was intensely having to interpret their feelings like i think people that even hadn't embraced their artistic side were embracing it more and more because you have time to do that because you have to you have to cope i mean that's one of the things about art is that it helps you express yourself i mean that's what art is so in case you guys want to know that's what <laughs> art is to express yourself definitions definitions <laughs> so for myself um I have long had, which we have we have talked about, but I'll tell the masses that um, I have long had an idea for kind of a retreat esque. Sometimes it's called the commune. Sometimes it's called Rudloff Ranch. Sometimes it's the B and B and retreat. Um, but I do believe that I have always been meant to have a communing area, an area that people feel comfortable to share, that they want to talk about their inspirations. They want to talk about all the little things that make up what they are doing at that time. I think artists wear their hearts on their sleeves and express themselves most openly because that's what they are processing every day as they create art. And I love to listen. So I've always felt like I wanted a safe place to do that. And everywhere I've moved and I have been in many different cities. I've been in Seattle, I've been in Paris, France, Oklahoma, Texas, LA-ish, you know, like kind of bopping around. I wasn't in LA very long. I wasn't permanently in LA, in case anybody's asking. <laughs> um, but every time I'm in one of those places, I do see something there that I'm like, this could be the hub. And when I was in St. Louis, I was like, Grand Center Arts District is the hub. And that's when I planted myself here. And I feel very, proud of the arts programming at the hotel because it now has a skeleton to have two biannual exhibits a year, four quarterlies that especially, especially and only exclusively show local artists. And that is just amazing for St. Louis. So if I have done nothing else, that makes me very excited. It started, it had started, but I do feel like no matter where I lily pad to, that footprint will continue in whatever it happens. And so for myself, I feel like, okay, I've birthed this. That's, that's birthed. Now I'm going to let it grow a little. And I want to work on my own personal project. And I, and I find that COVID made me do that. COVID was like, yo, you're not getting any younger. You're just getting bigger and bigger. You need to slow down. You need to do this, you know, like, do. so, um, very interesting. The first week of, of lockdown, we were still open. The hotel has been open the whole time. 
and now I'm now I'm talking to the screen. I don't know why, but that's all right. You're talking um, to the audience. I'm talking. And to if you're listening, talking to you, Molly. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. You're talking to me. You're talking. If you're listening, you're hearing this in your ears. This is very fascinating. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm so glad. I totally lost my train of thought, but totally good. No, it's right. Yeah, I'm just joking. Um, when the hotel, but opened. the yeah, when the hotel opened you know, we had some programming and we had the, the permanent artists were commissioned, which was fantastic, had all this stuff. There were a lot of like open walls and this idea that we had the potential to do things, but no one had really been like, this is what we're gonna do. And I'm like, you have to like define these things. But now um, with that in place, and we come back down to, to this Rudloff Ranch idea, which is a retreat, this brings it back to when I was in COVID, oh, I said that the first week we were open um, during quarantine was very funny to me because everyone else like locked down. They went home, they started knitting, you know, they were doing all these things. Making bread. Yeah, <laughs> and I was tomatoes. like dis- discovering all these things they haven't been doing all this time and I'm still going to work and I'm a cre- incredibly social person. So like I was still going to work and I was still dealing with things I didn't want to deal with. And then I'd come home and I had no release. And so I was, I was like, oh my gosh, but you know what? My dogs were over the moon. <laughs> they were like, quit your job, quit your job right now. We are so excited to see you so much more. They were just like ecstatic. They were like, it's my birthday. Why are you here so much? So excited, pet my belly. And I was like, okay, so I get it. So my, my, my experience was like, okay, I got to spend more time with my dogs, which was nice. But also I looked at my schedule and I was like, oh my gosh, I just like was going everywhere. I had like three, you know, I was going to coffee here and studio visit there and going to this opening and going to check this thing out and doing this and trying to, you know, connect, connect, connect. And when it all slowed down and even virtual or phone call connection was like, we're going to take a break. And I was like, oh, we're taking a break now. I'm like, oh, (laughs) okay. So you like slow down. You're like, okay, now what do we do? And I didn't know what to do. And I realized that that slower time, that beautiful slow time was what I needed to recharge and that we all needed at some point, you know, like we all need to slow down. I'm sure Molly's show has never gotten so quiet and so <laughs> slow. Listen to the sound of my voice. I did a lot of meditation during COVID. Yeah, same. Yeah. Same. I listen to people say, you're okay. <laughs> you're okay. And I was like, I'm okay. They're like, you're okay, go to sleep now. And I'm like, okay, I'll go to sleep now. <laughs> uh, what is okay. it, ASMR or something? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. your voice right now. Yeah. I love it. Go Everybody's going to gonna be now. like, does she go have an account? Go to sleep now. Go to sleep now. Molly, go to sleep now. I was like, I need it. I need some sleep. Yeah, I think I should have had that drink. It was fantastic. I know, I'm still I'm still drinking mine. Yeah, yeah you should drink more. Go to sleep now. <laughs> Okay, well, so anyway. Anyway. Uh, so the other, oh yes, yeah, so that was Libra moment. That was me talking about myself a lot. My face is so red, so hot. It. Thanks a lot. You're um, welcome. So art in general, super excited, super fantastic. Me and art, mm-hmm. I do hope that once I create this safe, very mesmerizing platform uh, for people to come and and really like you know slow down but take a moment have a good conversation always around food 
Um, yes. But I've had several people say, you know what? When you get older and you don't care anymore and you're not building anything for anyone else, your art is going to be fucking phenomenal. And I was like, well, okay, well, what am I making? And they're like, everything you ever talk about is awesome and you never like make any of it. And I was like, okay. And so I was thinking about it. I really do, honestly, I'm constantly creating artwork in my brain, but I don't ever actually manifest anything. And I was thinking about like, what would I do if I had, if this was just like, it was working, it was like doing its thing and I had some time and I had a little space. I think I would make some really, really crazy, crazy art. Like just, I take like a white box and a big, like a studio box that a person would fit into. And I think I would create this like super collaged, like all this junk, cause I'm a super hoarder and like all this junk together and then put a person in the middle of it and just do like a portrait of this person with all this stuff around. Yeah. And then the whole process, the whole art was like this one photo that I spent like all day building. That's and really that would cool. be it. I would and love to see this. It's in my brain somewhere. Yes. Yeah, I do it. I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm all about like the photography part, the collaging part, the colors, the the ephemera, like the stuff, the tactile stuff. If it wasn't such a liability, I would probably make that person bring all their favorite stuff from their home and like, you know, build them yeah. into it. But then, you know, their favorite Chuck E. Cheese toy breaks and then I'm sued and then that's <laughs> it. So I don't know. I'm afraid of liabilities, but isn't a that little crazy? bit of a fatalist. Oh my gosh. No, though. I think that's actually a really good point because I feel like there's like, even for me, I remember being in my early to mid twenties and I told you I ran a production company for five years right. and I'm the same way. I think that's why, well, I know that's why we're friends. I shouldn't say, I think is because you and I both this like to, and this is why we're friends for whispering if for dramatic effect. Um, but you know, we like to build community. We like to bring communal spaces. And for those five years, that was my way of building community was writing plays and producing them and casting people. And I remember I used to have so much energy where I could produce nine plays a year, went to the Chicago French festival, moved back to St. Louis, did plays there. And I really want to go and start producing shows again, whether that being a comedy show, a live podcast show. But I'm finding myself, and I'm not like old, I'm 30, but I'm tired. And a lot of it happens in my brain where I get super excited and I am still doing things like I'm writing a book and I'm doing my paint by numbers and I'm doing shows and I'm doing this podcast. So it's not, I'm not hating on myself because I am doing work, but a lot of it, like you said, just like manifests in your brain and you're like, but how do I curate this or create this and bring this out? And I feel like a lot of artists or writers, like there's people who write books and just have papers and papers in their drawers for years and never bring it out to fruition. Mm -hmm. I ran into somebody one time in Cincinnati that said that to me. They were like, oh, I was doing a play in Cincinnati. And they were like, who's the playwright? And me being like young and 25, I was like, it's me. <laughs> and this guy was so nice. He was like, you know, because I told him, I said, well, you know, I'm not famous. Like I'm not on Broadway or even off Broadway. Like I just produce my own work. He's like, but look at what you're doing. Like I've had a script sitting in my desk for years that I haven't even brought to life. 
and you have an audience of 40 people mm -hmm. watching your show. So I say that not to be like, wow, look at me. I have an audience of people. It was but, a fantastic show, <laughs> or at least the one I saw. Yes, oh, Lady, Lady Warrior. Warrior. Love That's it. That's the one he was talking about. Yeah. So why, or actually, you know what? It wasn't. It was actually Old Wounds. So, but anyway, Lady Warrior was Lady Warrior was fantastic. Sorry you missed it. Uh, no. <laughs> Can't be I was like, no, I never produced that. Well, anyway, enough about my resume. Why I say this is that you are doing a lot like you're making photography or you know making um like art in different you know forms where you're curating it for other people you have photography you've been you did sh pictures for my show you know you're doing a lot but i think a lot what artists do is they're like but there's so much more i could do like anybody i talked to on this podcast whether they're an artist or a comedian or a playwright even people like chefs too they're like What's the, like I asked this very nice girl, Kayla Robeson, you guys should listen to her episode, not because she was on here, but she's great. She won Guy's Grocery Games. Because we love her. Yeah, and we love her. But I asked her, I was like, what's your favorite meal to make? Like you do when you talk to a chef. And what I loved about her answer was she goes, my favorite meal is a meal I haven't made yet. And I was like, wow. That's an artist. That is an artist right there. Yeah. And that's why she's been on the cooking channel and guys grow because she's not like yeah. full of shit. She's not like, here's a crock pot and I did this. I, like literally she's not bragging about anything. She's like, I'm making stuff and I'm making it happen. And I feel like you are too. You're just like anybody, especially coming out of COVID. So what's my next step? Like, what am mm -hmm. I going to do now? But you seem to have- To a live on an island yeah, with a motorcycle. <laughs> Say, that's camera. a great step. You got a motorcycle, <laughs> an island, and a camera. That's better yeah. than most people. That's what COVID did to me. Go to live on an island. COVID just reminded me that I still can't open a salsa jar by myself. <laughs> so it's fine. It I takes can't. two to, I was going to say tango, but isn't there like a. It took two to button my pants. You it know. Took, oh, we didn't even say that. You know, I was, I was referring, I was thinking back to your question and I totally glazed right over it. Yeah. But. I was also going to say, at one point, Molly was um, pretty much giving the the spill back of what our other episode had been, and I was like, she was really paying attention. I mean, she just told me where I lived, what schooling I went to, what I was doing. I was like, I was like, man, you really listened to that episode like hardcore. Yes. But the best part about the first time we were on Casually Molly yes. in the creepy, creepy killer murder basement is that we had really just kind of started being friends we're both so busy i mean it's like literally like mm -hmm. yes um but we had finally just started hanging out and i had gotten tickets to the fox <laughs> and it was dueling uh cellos which is fantastic yes and then um and i just i literally got the tickets like right before the performance was starting and and we live very 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 close oh yeah like maybe across maybe across the street, the street. <laughs> Maybe you could be in pajamas and then you could be at dueling pianos in five minutes. Yeah. But, or dueling, what was it? Two cellos. I mean, two cellos, two cellos. Dueling, dueling pianos? pianos? I want to do that too. Okay. So anyway, we I, like, you know, newly fresh friends. We hadn't gotten into all the intimate stuff yet, except Molly had only, she had her hand, arm in a cast. We'll do it like this. Instead yeah, of chicken one wing. of those. <laughs> one of these. And so she only had one hand functioning and she's like, I would really love to be there across the street with you, but I can't button my pants <laughs> and I'm alone and I only have one hand. And I was like, well, come on over. I'll help you button your pants. And she walked across the street into our Broadway theater, the Fabulous <laughs> Fox, into the bar where I was eating my flatbread and I was waiting for mom to show up. And she's like, okay she had these like 
sexy like they're like white pants and it was the kind that had like the four buttons like not a zipper but the four buttons that's a really fancy pant and she was like (laughs) came over and I just buttoned her pants and we became instant friends. I know you even bought me my flatbread that night. I was like, I felt bad for you. You walked across with no pants button. So (laughs) into this public place. And I was like, yes, she's with me. She can't, she can't button her pants. Come on over. The bartender yeah. was so nice too. She's like, oh, I love two cellos. You guys are going to be great. I've seen them live plenty of times. I was like, oh, good. She didn't even acknowledge my pants. She was like, yeah. here's some whiskey. Here's the flatbread. We're done. Like I was like women helping women. I absolutely yeah. love it. Like we were laughing so hard. We almost missed the show. She was like, you need to go see the show. You have yeah. tickets. She's but like, that was a really there. cool show. I know. She's like, get in there. You guys yeah. got to see it. I was like, we're going. I'm the one that's holding it up. It's fine. But it was just yeah it was hilarious. a pleasant surprise that was a really good show that was the best you were mm-hmm. <laughs> you were like i got these free tickets i was like that's really but you know what i yeah. used to work at which is now closed hotel ignacio but that was the same that was we also connected that's how we're so similar we're yeah. artists we do a lot of great things we both have similar hair we do we do have similar hair i love that right we now sound, it's like, we red do great things but we do great you did great you said we do great things and i'm like hair <laughs> <laughs> But both about the same age, brunette, lovely personalities at the front desk of the two hotels in the Grand Center. And so every time someone's like, oh, the one at the front desk with the brown hair, it's got to be Molly or Vanessa. Oh, totally. There was only us. That was my favorite, too, whenever I needed to walk people over to the On God if we were sold out. Because we were a smaller arts boutique hotel. I would call and I would hear like... On God Arts Hotel, this is Vanessa. How can I help you? I'm like, Vanessa, it's me. (laughs) And I'm like, sleep, sleep, sleep. (laughs) And now my old GM is your GM, which is it's just amazing how life works like that. I'm like, oh, hey, Stace, what's up? Yeah, (laughs) that's fine. I mean, St. Louis is small. Yeah. St. Louis is all, you know, everybody knows everybody, but... Or, so, you know, yeah. we definitely repped St. Louis tonight, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you, you know, we have a lot, of, speaking of arts institutions that we have here, is there a special, like, or a favorite of yours that you like to go to? Like, you know, we record this uh, podcast, excuse me, I was like, this studio. Well, the studio, it is the located, studio the is studio in the Grand Center. Yeah. is in Grand Center Arts District. Mm-hmm. Um, I, even though I don't live here in the Arts District anymore, I still very much consider this my second home. Um, if not my first, many times. Uh, I feel like you and I both actually grew really in our careers to our next step in this area. Mm-hmm. Is there a specific place in Grand Center you love? Or it could even be like a nice restaurant. What What are mm-hmm. some of your favorite places here in the area? Yeah, I'm a, I am have a really deep love affair with the Grand Center Arts District. I think it's because it was it was what called me back to St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So I took it upon myself and my two dogs to explore this area very deeply. We've walked every street, we've looked and sniffed on everything and like whatever. But um, I think that the secret places where I do like that moment of, of quiet where you have a secret place that you feel like other people don't know. So, um, pre-COVID, my favorite hiding place was Sophie's Artist Lounge, which was um, actually in this building. Right. Um, underneath us? It w- uh, where? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's underneath this. Yes. Okay. Because we used to promote comedy shows that we would do in Sophie's. So and that's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was great because it was kind of a 
you know, off the beaten path, a little secretive. You had to come up an elevator to get into it too, which is a lot like the on God. The on God's like, where's the front door? It's in the back. Right. Where, where do you check in? On the 12th floor, you know, where you check in at every hotel on the 12th floor. Right. It's on the 12th floor, guys. <laughs> so, um, the Sophie's Artist Lounge, you had to take the elevator up and then you'd like walk in, it's like the record store or the bar. But then if you walk through the bar, which a lot of comedy, um, comic nights or stand-up nights were there. Yeah, Chris Denman yeah, produced Chris all of those. Denman, yeah, Chris Denman, who I yeah. used to come and just watch him I was before he was making me drinks. Yep, he is sponsored yeah. by Jack Daniels. It's uh, It was a really, I got to be part of that show multiple times. It was a lot of fun. I hope it comes back. Yeah, mm -hmm. I used to love that show. I went one time in my pajamas. And that was the theme, but I went in my pajamas. She did. <laughs> yeah, but through, if you went through the bar, there was a little patio, it's on the back, and it's actually like between the two buildings and then the railing, and you can like look over and you can stalk people on the sidewalk. So I used to just, in the middle of the day, just walk down, get a drink, and I'd sit there and listen to people's conversations on the sidewalk, which was very entertaining. I loved mm. that. Um, and then more recently, I have loved Park Like, which is across the street from the Pulitzer. It's actually the grassy, it's all natural Missouri, um, nat na native, not mm -hmm. natural. I mean, they're natural too. They're not fake. Native grasses and prairie um, plants of Missouri. And um, that's just a block down from the hotel. So sometimes when I just need to get away and get that little bit of a walk I'll walk down there and I'll walk through the grass and over the little bridge and kind of have this little sit, which is quite beautiful um, and was totally available during COVID. So that was beautiful too. Um, so these these quiet, serene moments, the, the Grand Center Arts District has so many secret little places. Like I love the galleries and I love going to plays and I love being able to see live music all the time, um, pre-COVID, mm -hmm. a little bit mid-COVID. Yeah. Because we got yeah. some outdoor shows and stuff yeah. going on, sure. But um, I miss, I do miss people. And um, I have to give one supreme shout out that they'll never see this and they have no idea. But um, Brennan's Work and Leisure is a couple blocks up from this studio. Yeah. Oh, oh I did a show it. there did before you? COVID happened. Yeah, I did uh, the Arguments and Grievances show. Perfect. Yes, yes. So I know. Because they've got it in the Central West End, because you know what? My day job's in the right. Central West End. But that's the newer location. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, no, and they're wonderful. And that's a co-op. That's a like a co-op venue space mm -hmm. so pretty much it's working space for the the laptop connoisseur oh yeah and then evening um evening events but even through co i mean like after the main quarantine um but even through covid they were still doing like curbside coffee style mm -hmm. and ha still working down the street at the hotel i have to admit that just having a place to go see other humans and get a coffee was like the most beautiful escape yeah. because i had literally for a year only seen the same like seven people's faces mm. and and i was so done with that all those all those faces and i'm um, sorry if one of those was mine no I love you. No, absolutely. <laughs> not, not your face love your face um i made you walk the dogs with me once i remember i was oh, like yeah. we need to go walk the dogs no, and you were like that. okay no. <laughs> no the seven faces were the ones that i worked with every day that i just like you know and you know i worked at a hotel got. during covid so yeah. it was the same thing for us too yeah. we were like oh yeah like, i love you but i must get away now yes so i i started frequenting that so much that i just realized that that was like it was literally my other meditation so i'd go home and meditate but then i 
during the day, I'd always leave and go get a coffee and, you know, hang out with the the boys at Brennan's. I love them too, because they used to do, they might still keep doing it because it was probably pretty successful, but they did like the boxes that you could have delivered. Yeah. Yeah. The booze, the booze and booze snacks. I'm I'm saying it wrong, but it was, uh, it was really cool because I saw it on Facebook because some of the guys who work there also work with the Flyover Comedy Festival mm-hmm. and are involved in the comedy community. And I follow them on Facebook. And one of these was, and for those of you who don't know me personally, I really love Maker's Mark whiskey. Um, I'm not trying to be like gross and be like, oh, I just love a drink on the rocks. But there's sorry, just Jack Daniels. No, no, sorry, totally Jack Daniels. just gave us our, our drink. No big deal. Uh, yeah, no, it's OK. <laughs> but I, I do like Jack Daniels, too. But I love Makers. And there was a Makers box with snacks. And I remember I was like really overworked. We weren't doing like that was when things were really locked down. And I was so thankful to Brennan's for making my day mm. and delivering this box to my apartment. It was so professional. It was like opening. It's like when you, I mean, for people who like to do online shopping, I don't really do it a lot, but I really treated myself. And there was cigars in it too. So Jimmy and I smoked cigars. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was like, what am I doing? Durango cigars, by the way. Hey, but I'm you know I'm one of what? their biggest supporters. I send people their direction all the time. See, I, I've never done, I never did it. I mean, I was like, you know what? It's COVID, we're stuck at home. You know, mm-hmm. why don't we try it? I never did it again, but I did try one time and I was like all right now I can check this off my bucket list I smoked a cigar yeah you go but it was something like that just something I think that's not to be like a cliche of like oh you know it's just the small things but it really was like being able to have a whiskey when I came home and have the little snacks that came with it because it lasted me like a good week or so I was Mm -hmm. like oh I'll have this with my dinner and I felt like real fancy real classy but it was nice. So shout out to Brennan's Work and Leisure for, <laughs> for setting Cheers up my these girls. I yeah. know, right? Um, right down I, the street. But I will ask you, um, mm. too, I, which was a great ode. I love that idea. Just because I know a lot of people who listen will go like, oh, where, you know, you always talk about Grand Center. Where do you enjoy going? I agree. I also love the fountain. Um, yeah. I know it's a classic, but I dill, promote the fountain all the time. Soup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's one of the oldest restaurants in St. Louis. And it's one of the I read somewhere it's like the top photographed restaurant in St. Louis. I heard that it was the top photographed bathroom in St. Louis. And I was like, what's (laughs) up with this bathroom? Yeah. I mean, it's like Art Deco. It's very cute, but it's very small. What I just love are the walls. If you Google the fountain on Locust, for those of you who are listening or watching, if you look at the walls, you'll understand. But that's where one of the places I went during COVID was I went and got an ice cream martini and I would I picked it up I think yeah. and then one time I went in with my mask on just to get an ice cream martini I was like I just need it <laughs> it was like, like four pages of martinis oh there. yeah yeah and I just kept choosing which mm-hmm. one and like beforehand that staff was also really good to me um, I used to get like little coupons when I was at St. Louis University up the street um, but that is like a fan favorite of mine I'll always even if I don't live in the area I'm always going to support the fountain on locust that's one of my favorites uh, but speaking of favorites you know you you know, you've been giving a lot of great advice, but is there, we always ask, what's a casual tidbit of advice maybe you would give to yourself starting out that you know now uh, as Vanessa Rudloff going on mm. into her next chapter with an island, a camera, and a motorcycle? Right. The casual, a casual advice. Might have to recycle advice, but um, it's, 
It's so true now, even as true as it was when I first learned it. And I kind of do come back to it in each of the different levels of maturity I'm in. It, it, it changes depending on where I am in my life. But um, when I was in high school, I will give a, a shout out to John Travis, my teacher, my Spectra teacher in high school. Um, Spectra was like a, it's weird to say Spectra and you guys don't know what I'm talking about, but it, it's like a gifted education program oh, wow. that we had. That's why I don't know what you're talking about because it's a gifted <laughs> education program so gifted that I would never be in. Yeah, yeah. so uncomfortable. <laughs> my, my cheeks are getting red again. But um, it was, so it was a very special kind of class that doesn't, this doesn't pertain to the advice, but the, the point is, is that this man really knew me. So um, John Travis, uh, Mr. Travis, my, my teacher at, the, at um, Francis Howell North, for all of you very local, where did I go to high school? <laughs> I went to Francis Howell North. Now we have established that I'm from St. Louis. I went to Francis Howell North, guys. Um, I am not from St. Louis, but yeah. Cincinnati also has that same question. Oh it's a gosh, Cincinnati really? question. Oh yeah, so oh, where did totally. you go? St. Ursula Academy, baby. East uh, Walnut Hills, up in the city. Hey, hey what up, hey. Cincy? <laughs> hey, I should say when, so if I tell you when I graduated, you'll be like, oh my God. Wait, when did you graduate Well, I graduated in 2004. Okay, I graduated in 2009. Oh, perfect. So yeah. that's not too, but basically, yeah. and we're not too far apart in age, so. Yeah, roundabouts, roundabouts. So back to the, the advice. Oh, back to the advice, sorry. Yeah, Mr. Travis, Mr. Travis. So um, I had actually already gone on to college. I went to um, Mizzou for advertising because the journalism school was like the best in the country and everyone's like, go there, you can go there for free. And I was like, I don't wanna go there, it's two hours from my home and blah, blah, blah. So I went there for just a little bit. But um, I, I was, not happy and I was doing a lot of, um, I was spending actually a lot of my um, loan money on elect, like elected electives mm -hmm. that had nothing to do with my major. Um, and actually one day, so the journalism school was very competitive. I was in advertising, but I hadn't even made it to the part of like the specialty advertising classes. I was still in like the GEDs or whatever. I don't know anything about adulting. So I was in the pre-classes. I didn't do very good at college. No, I'm just joking. Um, I met someone who was on a waiting list for the journalism school. And I felt like such a dick because I had a position at the journalism school was like the top in the country. And I was taking all these crazy other classes that had nothing to do with my major. And I was actually staying up late into the night making um, film prints I was printing in the, the wet lab. Um, in photography, which uh, again had nothing to do with my major. So I was taking all these other classes and I was spending all this money, I was doing all these other things and this person's like, oh yeah, I'm so excited, I can't wait to get into the journals, I'm on a waiting list for the advertising program or whatever it was. And I was like, okay, what am I doing? I'm, I'm keeping someone from what they wanna do and I'm not doing that. So I went back to Mr. Travis, who was my high school um, teacher, and he said, sometimes people, that are good at a lot of different things will never succeed at anything because they don't focus on one. They spread themselves too thin and they do all these different things and so they'll never succeed because they have spread their resources. And I was like, oh, okay, that was me. And so within, I don't know, it was so fast, my family was like, what, you're moving to Seattle? And I was like, yep, packing the car right now. 
I very quickly decided that what I do with my time was look at like really high-end fashion magazines. I'd go to Barnes and Noble and I'd buy like the $25 one that was from London that we had one of. And I would not read a single article and I would look at all those photos and dream up all these crazy photo shoots I would do with long dresses and crazy Alphonse Mucha hair and like all bedazzle, bedazzle. So um, I left Mizzou. I gave that kid some, you know, awesome future. But I decided to go to Seattle and pursue photography, commercial photography um, solely. And I do believe that that advice continuously, you have to like regroup. So constantly you'll get to the point where you're like, what am I doing? And you look around and you're like, man, I'm doing all of this stuff. I need to regroup. I need to focus because if I spread my resources too thin, then I'm not gonna succeed in anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I've probably done it two or three times where I'm just like, regroup, regroup. And so I do believe that COVID was a regrouping for everyone, but also that I specifically was like, my family's moved into this island. So my mom and my sister and my niece. And- I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, and even still, I was like, I'm staying at the Angad. And it's just, I'm building something. Yes. <laughs> and so I was staying, but, um, to be very honest, to get to get real, um, I had emergency surgery in November um, during COVID, which I can tell you going through the emergency room in the middle of the night during COVID was nothing I ever want to experience again. Right. Um, and I didn't have my family around me to, to just, you know, feed me soup and help me get through things. You should have called me. I'm your family. It's okay. I, I, I put things in place. I called people when I was at the hotel or the hospital and I was you like- You buttoned my pants, I, I buttoned your pants. I know, <laughs> I was there. I was beyond pants. I was moo-moo all the way, just moo-moo. I mean, I like that yeah. too. Yeah. Sometimes I'm moo-moo and I'm not even sick, so. Yeah, okay. moo-moos anyway, are the best. Go ahead, not moo-moos. to interrupt. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> so, so that happened and it was kind of a realization like, wow i'm i'm really cut off from my support system like i have great friends really great friends and everyone was very helpful hello but yeah (laughs) number one friend number one friend um go ahead i'm like this beautiful moment one of my friends even made me she made me an entire vat of chicken soup so or chicken noodle soup so i could just go reheat it eat it lay it back down go reheat it eat it lay it back down and i did i i subsisted on chicken noodle soup for a really long time but um so that was uh the middle of november so i went through thanksgiving alone covid style thanksgiving was just another day for me i was on the on the couch i watched every marvel movie guys every single marvel movie in chronological order um but then only a couple weeks later, my dog died, my Mr. Winston. Yeah, I knew Winnie. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and he was 13 and he lived right. a fantastic life, guys. And it was coming, but just man, did it has to come right then when I was right. already like dealing with this and dealing with that and dealing with all this. And I didn't realize that um, how much I was holding back because of 
Winston. This is not funny at all. No, what, this what is, is actually the worst podcast. Really interesting. <laughs> this is not the worst. I'm. I really am learning a lot. So much. Yeah. So much about my personal life. I love so, it. So, so, Mr. Winston, um, longest relationship of my life. I like to make this joke because um, I can't even stay in a city for more than three years. And I was with Winston <laughs> for over a decade. Yeah. yeah. Now I really like four. I'm at almost four years now, and I've got the itch. I got to move to an island. I mean, I don't even yeah. know. But um, I was with Winston for almost 11 years or 11 years or I don't even know. COVID doesn't count. Maybe 11 years. But anyway, when he passed away, um, I realized that I was keeping myself from going with my family because I had two dogs. I had Winston and this other dog. And you can't really fly with two. And you had to, like, figure it out, right? And, and I was like, well, I could leave the one dog here. She's a slut and she needs attention from anyone. I was actually supposed to bring her tonight. Yeah, totally where forgot. is Tank? Totally yeah. forgot. <laughs> totally forgot. Libra. All Aunt about Molly me. misses her. I okay. know. Actually, Chris is in the other room. He's like, where is Tinkerbell right where now? Where is Tinkerbell? I was like, yeah. Tink loved me. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. like, well, actually, both well, of you she loves everyone. Really love me. Because she's so. a slut. I was <laughs> just saying, like, she could, say, she could go home with absolutely anyone Mr. and be okay. Mr. Winston but. and Tink would always sit with me on the couch when I would go to your apartment. That was always yeah. nice about living in the same building. I was like, I'm just going to go to Finesse's and her dogs are going to sit on me. And yeah. I loved it. But yeah. continue. No, they, they love they love a good some good snuggles. Oh. Me so, too. <laughs> what yeah. a coincidence. <laughs> but um, yeah, now Tinkerbell and I are just going to fly. Yeah. 17 hour flight. I love that though. She's one of my bags. I only have two bags and one of them is a Schnauzer Shih Tzu. That's okay. Mm -hmm. I like it that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whew, deep. Good yeah. advice though. Don't spread yourself too thin. You know, it's like, yeah. like we have this whole side hustle. Um, society now it's like you have your main job you have your side hustles job you have you have your you know your family and then your your more intimate family. you have friends you know like all those different things and we are really hyperactive individuals in order to try and balance all of these things when it used to be you know we were all in the village together and the village was just moving and you mm -hmm. had all these things incorporated you know it just yeah. supported itself we're not meant to be focused in so many different avenues yeah so and yeah. going back to creating the village mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no i i agree with you you actually gave that piece of advice on our last episode i, I did? didn't want to force it out of you <laughs> but i'm so glad because i was like maybe it's the best advice new. i ever got mr travis but it's so good and i remember me being and again i was like really drugged up i was not feeling but i was like you know what i need to remember that because i'm very hard on myself sometimes mm -hmm. where i'm like i'm just not doing it's like what we talked about earlier i was like i'm just not doing enough i'm not being enough i'm not a good friend i'm not a good daughter like and i'm really hard on myself sometimes and i I know I shouldn't be because everybody's like, you're fine. Like, it's great. Yeah. But, you know, and this isn't just me. I know a lot of people fall yeah. into this trap because I, I get it because I'm away from my family, too. Mm -hmm. So during COVID, that was really hard being like, you know, I couldn't see. I did eventually go to Cincinnati for five days once COVID tests were available. Mm -hmm. I felt more comfortable being like, OK, I tested negative. Now I can go and be with my family. They're also negative. And luckily like my parents have a nice outside backyard we could like sit and hang out we had the dog but i i knew i, I was very grateful for that because i knew that not, not everybody had that same situation uh so i understand like when i had my arm broken all i did was i depended on friends because i was like oh i can't call my mom and be like come on over and help me but like luckily i had girlfriends like my friend amy i'll never forget she's like i'm bringing you chick-fil-a you don't have to because i was like i'll reimburse you i'll venmo you she's like don't worry about it it's just a salad like mm -hmm. it's fine and 
you know, I think like you and I, like we did this a lot where we're like, we consider our friends, our family too. Yeah. Uh, just because you and I are very much nomads in that regard. Like, even though I will probably not move from St. Louis in a long time, I do like to travel. So I'm like, St. Louis is my home base. But I'm like, where am I gonna go now? Mm-hmm. Like what show am I gonna produce you here? You could do yeah. that in St. Louis. Like yeah. that's one of the things people are like, why are you back in St. Louis? I'm like, because from St. Louis, I can go to Memphis in five, six hours. I can yeah. go to Chicago. I can be in Kansas City. I always say Akron, Ohio. And everyone's like, why Akron? I'm like, have you been there? It's awesome. Yeah, actually, Akron's so, a really cool. Yeah. And for somebody who makes jokes about Ohio, because I'm from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. so I can. Right. Uh, if anybody else made from jokes from Ohio, I'd be like, mm, are you from Ohio? You don't get to do that. <laughs> have you been there? Uh, sorry. Uh, but yeah, no, Akron's actually a pretty cool place. There's a lot of cool places in Ohio uh, that are a lot like Vanessa and I that like the arts and appreciate it. Uh, so you definitely check that out. But speaking of checking things out, mm-hmm. uh, we're casually ending our episode. Where can we check you out to see uh, some cool? Well, your Instagram right handle is probably going to pop up in a second. Oh, Thank you. Nice and there's mine. I know we're very fancy here if you're yeah. watching on YouTube. But uh, where can we find you for those of you who are listening in your car over well, coffee? I'm going to do this thing. Ooh. <laughs> uh, that's me on Instagram. Instagram, the underscore same underscore axis um, that actually comes from a quote and I should share that really fast how yeah. much how long do we have I don't know um, um, we're gonna give it 30 seconds yeah let's do it the quote is from Henri Cartier-Bresson and it's actually it's he's a photographer um, and it's um, to photograph is to put one's head one's heart and one's eye on the same axis pretty sure I didn't talk about that before. No. I've had this email, the same access at gmail.com since the dawn of time. Um, and so now that's, no, honestly, it's like since, since like MySpace practically, like since Gmail was a thing, I've had the same access at gmail.com. I just keep holding on to it, but you can find it. me there. You can mm-hmm. find me almost every day at Angad Arts Hotel, uh, come in person and we will get to meet each other, take a tour. Um, come through the Grand Center Arts District. I love everyone here and yes. uh, Molly and Chris. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Molly Ambergy and Chris Denman. Let me tell you what. They're here. <laughs> Not to refer to myself in third person yeah. here, but the fact. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, we all know I'm kidding. I would never refer to myself in third person. I'd probably just drop dead. Uh, so, anyway, speaking of dropping, though, please drop us a line at the Casually Molly Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, you name it, just anywhere you want a message, or if you've got a, an idea for the podcast, just email casuallymolly at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I get some emails about different episodes people like. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, listener feedback, especially, even the negative, I'll take it too. I mean, what do they say? <laughs> like, I'm like, you didn't like that? I'm like, I'm sorry, we still had to send it out anyway. Um, and just remember to, I always forget to say this, but if you want to casually review the podcast on iTunes, we have some really great reviews. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, so just keep that going and let us know what you like. Uh, but now that our episode has ended, I always say, what are you going to casually do now that the episode is over? I'm casually going to get another drink like this from Chris and spend some time with him because, uh, you know, us casually super fast, uh, busy people don't always get to hang out. That's true. We're mm-hmm. going to casually connect. Well, thank mm-hmm. you everybody. Connect with us later on, whether again at the underscore, the underscore, same underscore <laughs> access and at the casually Molly access. And that's our oh, access yay! at the casually Molly podcast. And that's Molly with an IE. Thank you everybody. Have a good rest of your night. <laughs>